We are so excited uh, tonight to have Pastor and Mrs. Hagen with us for our special Valentine's service. And right on the screen um, is the number, and you can text your questions to that number, 918-403-9693. Whether you're sitting here in the audience or um, if you are watching us online, please feel free to text us those questions uh, because we are going to be asking some of them. And um, so go ahead and text those on in. But before we get started, I want to, yes. Can I say something before we get started? Yes, you can. All right. If you notice me coming up the stairs a little different, 10 days ago, I tore my meniscus. And uh, so the doctor uh, warned me that I needed to be careful and how to, how to climb the steps. So I know, you know, you may slow down an old woman, but you're sure not going to stop her. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, Pastor and Mrs. Hagen, they are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to being married. Um, they are. They have been married for 58 years. Right? So this past December, they, this coming December will be 58 years. Um, that is a long time, right? That is a really long time. Wait, is there a discussion going on over here? Yeah, I think it already is 58 years. <laughs> we we stopped counting. What, you got married in? 1965. 1965. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, 58 years, 57 years. I mean, that is a really long time to be together. It is. Um, and I'm sure that you have, I know that you have many stories as you've walked down life's road. Many, you know, joys, many sad times, many triumphs, many failures. Um, and so tonight we're just going to kind of glean from that wisdom. Um, but I think one of the questions that we've been getting a lot, and you know, some of these questions are coming from singles, some of them, you know, they're engaged or in relationships and some people are married. But one big question that we got from a lot of our single people is how do you know that you're really in love and this is the person for you. Wow. How do you know? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I, I say it this way, you know, I, of course, one of my scriptures is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in on, on your understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct that path. And I know that, um, in uh, trying to find a mate myself, I had tried to help God out. That doesn't work too well. <laughs> and I made a wrong choice. <laughs> and, and so I said, okay, God, you know, I tried to help you out. I sure did a lousy job of it. So I'm going to allow you uh, to plan my life and to find my mate. And, of course, most of you know our story. Yes. Um, well, we began... Uh, it's too long. Pick up on it. It, it, uh, is, it I is made long. A, I made it's a mis- too long. I made a mistake, too. And uh, while I was overseas, I got the Dear John letter, which I thank God for today, every day. <laughs> and uh, so she started writing me, 
And now you can pick it. Yeah. And so as we began writing, I just knew uh, in my heart, you know, you have to be led by your spirit. I just knew that when I saw him, I would know that I know. And I always say, if you have to question, you're probably not in love. And uh, when I did see him, well... After finally, when I did see him, because I will tell you this, when I opened the door for him for the, at the first meeting, I didn't see him because he grabbed me and kissed me. I thought, wow. <laughs> I've got a tiger by the tail. <laughs> okay, let well, me, that, um, that actually answers one of the questions. Uh, when dating, should kissing be reserved for marriage? Obviously not in your case. <laughs> so the answer is no. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I was serving over, and, and they, I'd come off a midnight shift, and they, they came and got me and said, they want you at the comm center. There's a letter there, and it's stinking up the comm center. So I, I had perfume stationery. And so I went up, and I, I got the letter, and I opened it, of course. And you guys that have been in the military, you can identify with this. And a picture fell out and I was trying to see the letter and they grabbed it and you know how that goes, you know what that does. And and they said, who is this? I said, I have no idea (laughs) because I didn't because I'm six years older than her. Although our families had been ministered together many times. Dad had preached for her dad. And so when I left, that was, that was, we, I left, uh, Taiwan, August 18th, 1965, and I told those guys. We need to hurry. Okay, I'll hurry. We're going to do, I, I'm gonna, if y'all want me to do this, do it my way. <laughs> <laughs> I told the guys, I said, I, if this girl is what I think she is, I'll marry her when I get home. And in writing letters, you can learn a lot about a person because you don't see the other person, and if they're not taking what you're saying, well, you'll cut it off. Well, you can write. You just write whatever you want to write. I had a lot of time to write, especially on those midnight shifts. And so that's that's sort of, And I didn't plan. I didn't even know what I was going to do. She just opened the door, and I saw her, and I just grabbed her. <laughs> I didn't. I, it wasn't premeditated. It wasn't pre-thought of. It just happened. But let me say, in a dating relationship, and it's so very important uh, to be honest, because so many times uh, the reason why that people get married and then have issues is because they were not honest in the relationship beforehand. And if you don't like the person as they are before you marry listen, it's going to be twice as bad after you get married, so you better not get married to them. So let me ask you a question. You you both talked about how you were engaged to different people before you were um, married. And and actually, um, we've had several questions from singles. You know, if you choose to, you know, marry someone and then you get married and maybe you realize like, uh, you know, our visions aren't aligned. We don't want the same things out of life. Could, could marrying somebody um, cause you not to fulfill God's perfect will for your life? Most definitely. 
uh, I picked her up that night. I'd been, I'd been gone for two years and I told her I'd get, I was supposed to pick her up and I, I don't know, I was supposed to, I, we, I, I told her I'd get there when I got there because my family, I've been gone for two years and my family, I, my family's close as you can tell you. And, uh, so we went out as I didn't pick her up to about nine thirty, I don't think, because they had a party planned for, for me with all my cousins, the 10 cousins, there's only four of us left now. And uh, so we went out and we talked all night long. We sat and talked. We had discussed a lot of things in letters. You have, so you don't marry the wrong person. You have to have communication and you got to have, it's right to be right off the bat. I mean, we we were talking and, and talking about, our lives and about marriage because we both realized we cared for one another. We loved one another. And she said something that blew me away. She said, I'm going to wear my hair the way I want to wear it. And I'm going to dress the way I want to dress. And I sort of went back and I said, I don't care. It's your hair. And you, I don't know nothing about dressing you a lady, <laughs> but this guy that she had thought she was supposed to marry was uh, he was a controller and so forth and so on and so that's how that but most definitely you need if a person I see I see this happen a lot in ministry the the one person is going into the ministry and the other says oh the wife says okay I, I think I can go along with that but once I get in the ministry they don't understand it and then they want out. So most definitely in any, any, doesn't be ministry or whatever, you've got to talk about it ahead of time. Communications is one of the keys to a secret to a long marriage. All right. That's good. So, um, you know, a lot of people for various reasons, um, you know, they, they, they get married and, you know, things happen and they end up divorced. And I know, uh, for a lot of individuals, you know, maybe they didn't want the divorce, but it just happened and they carry around this guilt. And so, um, some people who are on their second marriages are wondering, you know, in God's eyes is their second marriage lesser? Does God value that less than a first marriage? What would you say to somebody who's experiencing this type of condemnation and guilt? I would say absolutely not. I mean, we have all made wrong decisions. God loves us in spite of the decisions that we make. And so God doesn't love you any less uh, just because that things happen. He doesn't love you any less because his love is unconditional. Yes. Yes. Amen. And so he loves you. Don't let the enemy put you under condemnation. That's what happens so many times. The enemy puts you under condemnation that, you know, I can never fulfill God's plan. I can never please him enough. You know, we are not, we don't have to think that because God loves us in spite of. We're not perfect. Just because you've been heard something because somebody said, well, this is this the way it is and all that. That's a bunch of junk. Forget all that mess. The word of God says that 
if you made a mistake, he forgives. He loves you. Also, I'm going to say something that's probably going to blow some of your mind, but if you read the Old Testament, divorcement was allowed. And the Bible says that the new includes the old and more. So I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. I, I know my dad was the same, same way as where I got what I'm saying. I got it from him. And so uh, I, I don't, I, I'm like her. Just, you, you can love more than once and just go on and enjoy life. And if, and God has forgiven you if it, and you're, you're all right. Don't worry about it. Now, we should never take the attitude, oh, well, if it doesn't work out, you no, know, no. We'll, we'll just get a divorce. No, you know, marriage is a very serious thing, and so it's if very it, important. If it does happen, yes. it, happens. it happens. Don't don't condemn yourself for no. it. Go on down the road. But don't go premeditating that way. You're not going to get any forgiveness for that. But if it's a mistake or it just happens, yeah, but don't. Don't plan. Well, if it don't work out, we'll get a divorce. That's not right. Yes, that's really good. You know, because the enemy would just like to lie to us and put us under condemnation. So I know that that answer probably set a lot of people free that have been experiencing that. Um, Switching gears just a little bit. um, For the single people out there, we have received this question that, um, I know that especially a lot of RBTC students deal with, and the question would be this, if someone tell, if you ask someone out and they say, hey, I'm not interested in going out with you or dating you, but you believe that they are the one that God has for you, <laughs> what do you do about that? Do you keep pursuing them? You forget them. Hey, if they don't love you and if they don't want you, you don't want them because your life would be hell. (laughs) Also, remember this. God doesn't pick your mate. Mm, That's good. A lot of people do believe there's only one person in the 8 billion people in the world that you can marry. You pick your own mate. You don't. God gives you free meal choice and he gives you some guidelines to do, to go by. And one of them is make sure the person is on the same page with you spiritually and, and, and naturally in every other way. Make sure you can agree together. That's why you have communication. That's why you talk it out ahead of time. But uh, there is no such thing as God saying, okay, this one is for you. That's a bunch of baloney and anybody that teaches that. I, I'll t- look them right in the face and tell them it's a bunch of baloney. And if they don't like it, that's their problem. And they better not swing at me because I, I will swing back. Yes. I know you know how to fight because you taught me how to throw a punch. So eternally grateful for that. Um, I told her and I told Craig the same thing. I told him, I said, don't you ever start a fight, but if, if somebody starts one with you, you finish it. And I got that. My dad's what my dad told me. And Uncle Dub, dad's older brother, he was around her. He taught me and my other cousin, my George Irvin, he taught us how to hit, how to, how to hit somebody. And I taught both of them how to do it. 
And let me add another thing. Uh, don't let someone else try to tell you who you should marry. That's good. Uh, I have, <clears throat> I have seen that. I know that there was an incident one time that this this person was putting a lot of pressure on uh, another uh, couple that, hey, you need to get married, uh, you're right for each other, blah, 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 and putting a lot of pressure. And finally, I said to, to one of them, I said, listen, they're not the ones that's going to be living with this person. You are. So do not let anybody pressure you into marrying someone just because they have said this is the one for you. Yeah, if somebody comes and says, Thus saith the Lord, you're supposed to marry so-and-so. Look them in the eye and say, you're off base. Sorry. That's good. That's really good. Hey, pastor's just direct. I don't, I don't pull punches. Mrs. Hagen, this yes. question is for you. All right. So you get to tell on pastor just a little bit here. Okay. okay it's your opportunity. <laughs> um. What is the most funny way that Pastor Hagen has ever showed his love to you? What is the most funny way? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, he does just really, um, he, he's much more uh, creative than I am. And he thinks about creative ways to do things. And so on our 50th, 52nd anniversary, uh, he was, he presented me with this, uh, big paper bag, you know, like a, uh, like grocery a back, sack. grocery sack and brown, brown paper, brown paper grocery sack. Yeah. And it, so he had a gift in it. And so he wrote on it, which, you know, for him, his, his penmanship is not very good. So it really, I mean, for him to do that is quite um, a feat. And he said, uh, thank you for the 52 years that we've already had together. And I thank you for many, many more. So he just, yeah. And then this year, yesterday, actually. Um, yeah, yesterday, actually, I was, I was upstairs and I was writing sermons. And so um, then I got the message that... Um, he wanted me to come down, and I'm thinking, oh, why? I'm busy writing the sermon. Uh, but thankfully, I think before I speak, okay? I didn't know what he wanted. And so I came downstairs, and when I came downstairs, he had gone, and he had gotten flowers himself, put them in the vase, arranged them, and had gotten me chocolates and some really, really neat cards. And he said, well, this, he usually has the florist do it. I had a little help in arranging them, but I, I did most of it. <laughs> and so he said, I just wanted to do something different for you this year. So he did, and it's really neat. Uh, red roses. That's really sweet. Pastor is a romantic. Yes, he He's is. He's the more romantic one. I mean... <laughs> I am romantic. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, well, he is, you know. I he mean, is. you, you yes. guys, I mean, 84 and 50, It's you look amazing for 50, you know. I mean, it's just, it's amazing that uh, pastors captured a young lady's heart. But, you know, we're, we're talking about this. I mean, pastors, like, getting chocolates and flowers and thinking about the after, you know, 52 years of marriage doing special things. 
I mean, what do you guys do to keep that spark alive? Well, it's important to find things that you can do together. And uh, I will say it this way. Uh, as you progress in age, the things that you do together are different than what they were when you were younger. We used to go um, four-wheel um, riding together. Yeah, that was with the kids. That though. was with the kids. And uh, we used to, uh, we would go fishing, we would go uh, different things like that. Uh, but now we kind of do different things. Uh, we actually, he was the one that started this, and that was he decided to get a puzzle. And I start putting a puzzle together. And at first, I was really frustrated because he, he could do it better than I could. I, I, yeah, I couldn't. And, you know, I know he's competitive, but honestly, you don't know. I am more competitive. I just don't show it. So, of course, me, I had to learn to organize it. And so um, in order to be able to put the puzzles together. And then the other thing that we do actually on a, a weekly basis, sometimes on a nightly basis, we watch a movie together. We go out together. We date each other. We, and we're really too far away right now. We're never this far away. And... Um, because we love each other, we want to be with each other, and it, that is so very important. Some people say, I don't like to be with my spouse. Well, I'm thinking, that's, that's ridiculous. I don't like it when we're not together. So, so those are some of the things we do. Well, I, I said, I mean, I tell her I love her probably 10, 15 times a day, and I never lay my head down to go to sleep that I don't. That's the last thing I ever tell her is I, I love her. One of the first things I say when I get up in the morning, you have to to think about and keep keep things alive like you did when you before when you were first married. Some people get into marriage and it just becomes mundane. No, keep it like it was that first year you were married, and and you'll you'll stay married a long time. We always kiss each other every day. Yeah, every morning. Every time I leave the house, usually, uh, if I'm going, leaving, to go to the store, I might, I might kiss her by. Because you, you have to work and keep the spark alive. That's really good. So, you know, I mean, I grew up in your household. Um, and so a lot of times I would come down the stairs and around the corner, and you guys would be in the kitchen, like, making out. And I'd be like, oh, you know, I'd run up the stairs. But, you know, I, I, I do kind of want to, you know, go a little, you know, PG-13 here. I mean, you know, we need to get a little spicy because intimacy is a really important part of marriage. Absolutely. And a lot of questions that we got were about that, you know, people were so busy you know, with kids and running them to this sporting event and doing this and that they've just kind of become roommates and there's no physical intimacy or romance in their marriage and they're just essentially roommates. Um, how, how have you guys handled the intimate, romantic, staying, you know, can we say it sexually active? Okay. Um, I think y'all still are. I don't it's know. Awesome. Are, it's you, awesome. are you guys still like... Of course. 
Okay, there we have it right here, all right? Yes. You know, 84 and 50, yeah. yes. Okay, yeah. we got this going here. So, I mean, what advice can you give couples? Because, I mean, this is goals, people. This is goals, all right? We're Please being don't put this on Facebook. Like, like I said, tell it like it is. But you, you, just, you just keep your spark alive. That's all you do. You just, I mean, it... it it's it's something that if you don't stay active, you'll lose it. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But uh, you know, I, even the, we, I got her. We get little cards at at Chris at Chris uh, at Valentine's and anniversaries and stuff, and and it'll have a, and I'll see one that. Has something, you know. <clears throat> I love your body. I love your body. <laughs> All right, I was I just got that one for you. I saw one. It says talking about how much the guy loved it. And I love your arms. I love your face. I love your body. It did, did a lot of description <laughs> stuff. And then at the end, it says, I love all of you. I got that for her. She just read it to you yesterday. And I bet that was a fun night last night. Of course. (laughs) So are there... We're we're setting the example. You're setting the example. I mean, it's great, you know, because people need to know. I mean, honestly, um, there there are a lot of questions, especially uh, from the woman point of view, that... Um, they don't enjoy intimacy in their marriage. Um, you know, can you speak to that at all as far as um, enjoying the intimacy in the marriage? Maybe communicating about the the things that they enjoy intimately. You know, because those can be awkward conversations. Yes, well, I, I think for one thing, husbands, you know, you need to be considerate of your wife. And, you know, it's not like, bam, and thank you, ma'am, you know, and it's over. That's good. Yeah. Ladies first, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, <laughs> don't y'all just love this? I can't believe we're going here. <laughs> hey, this is, this is an important, this is a, a God-designed thing within marriage. This is a great thing. This is what they really want to know about. They told me. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So, guys, if you need an education, get some books and read about it, okay? Yeah. Uh, You know, find uh, a guy that's smart will find out what his wife likes, what she dislikes, what she... and, And... he will make sure that she is satisfied first before him. So that's that's something that actually that's something my dad taught, taught, told me, and that's uh, that's part of the problem that some of them don't enjoy me. Intimate me. I can't even say the word. <laughs> but anyway, but. Uh, if that's not the reason, then you might you might need to check and see if it's a physical reason, because yes. there is some physical reasons, and there's things that can be done to change that too. So, you know, just be. I mean, 
you should be together enough that you can sit down and talk about this without either one of you getting upset. And I go back to it all the time. Communication is actually, that's probably the number one thing that causes marriages problem and to fall apart is there is no communication. And I'm talking about talking about the real problems without getting upset. Let me tell you this. Don't ever use the I. Don't ever use the you word. You do this. You do that. Blah, blah, blah. You're the loudest housekeeper. Don't ever do that. That's aggressive communication. Go with the I word. See, when you attack somebody with you, it calls for retaliation. But when you say, like you tell some, like somebody comes up, my Lord, this house is, you're the lousiest housekeeper I've ever seen. That calls for retaliation right there. But if you say, listen, hon, what can I do to help keep this house straightened up? That, there's, there's no retaliation there. That's, you're, that's communication. That's not putting it on them. That, sometimes that's the problem. You put it on the other person rather than saying, hey, hey what can I do? to help this situation. And let me add, husbands, you know, wives have a lot to do. Uh, they have the children, and many, uh, most are working outside of the home. There's uh, kitchen duties, there's laundry, there's all of this stuff. And quite frankly, a wife so many times, they're so tired that, you know, I mean, they can't even, they don't even think about sex because they are so tired just doing all the duties that are necessary. If you guys would help out instead of sitting and watching TV and flipping those channels like you always do, but if you would help out, it would make a difference. And I will tell you and that that pastor had a very good example with his father. His father always helped out. He's always helped out with the dishes. He's always helped out with things. And therefore, you know, it helps that you're relieved of some of the things that, um, that would make you exhausted and tired and that you would be, um, better in a mood to have sex. I, if I see dishes in the sink, I will, I will take and, Rinse them and put them in the dishwasher. And if I dirty up something, I put it, I rinse it off, put it in the dishwasher. Uh, if I, I take my clothes off, I put them in the dirty clothes hamper where they go. I don't throw them on the floor. I don't uh, just throw my jeans down and in the closet and have her, if she's supposed to come pick them up. I take them to the laundry room. I put them there where the, by the deal. That's, the, that's one of the problems with people. They, they don't help one another. Now, when school first started in 74, and, I, man, I, I, was, I was it. There, I, I started out with a teacher helping me, and he quit. So now I'm teaching four hours a day. Five days a week, plus doing all the office work and everything. I didn't have any help at all. I was it. But I would come home, and I would tell her, I'd say, okay, as soon as, soon as we get through with supper, I call it, but dinner, I said, I'll take care, I'll 
clean up the kitchen. I'll take care of the kids. I'll get them in bed because they were what? Uh, oh, four. two. And let's see, five. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I said, five here, and one. here, you take the car. You go. Go to the mall. Go somewhere. Just go. Go relax because she'd been there with them all day. Did I really feel like doing that? No, but I knew that she had been under the gun too. When I was traveling on the road, as much as I'd travel every weekend and so forth, I'd come in. Sometimes I'd fly the red air. You could do it. I'd fly in just in time to get to go to the school. I'd come home in the air and, and <clears throat> Craig would say, Dad, let's go play catch. i said, okay, come on, let's go. Did I feel like it? No. But I think that's why I have a relationship with, with my kids now. And that, I, I started this when I was, when I, with the first one that was born. I took care of him every Saturday because she was doing hair. If she hadn't dressed hair, we wouldn't have made it because I wasn't making but fifty dollars a week. She made five, ten times what I made. But, <laughs> but uh, think about—I mean, you may be tired, but wait, let, wait a minute. Think about it—it's—it—it it, it becomes a partnership. Yes. And let me say this, and I'll quit. Uh, each of you have strengths. She has strengths. I have strengths. We learned a long time ago, whichever one has the strengths in that area, that's, they take the lead. When it comes to the, to the checkbook and money in the bank, I don't know how much money we got in the bank. I don't know who we owe. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Because when we got married, I said, hey, I'm not good with numbers. You are. That's what you're working in when, she, when we got married. I said, "You take care of you take care of the of, the, of that." I, I I just don't do it, but that's her strength. But then, if it's my strength, she she I take the lead, and that that's one thing that helps you if you learn how to. You know, one guy told me, "So, well, man, you're not much of a man if you don't know how much money you got." And I said, "Well, let's go up behind the bar and find out how much of a man I am." <laughs> that's the truth. I I I did that. That's the exact truth. <laughs> One other thing, I cringe many times when I hear parents say, well, I've never left my child with a babysitter. We have never gone out as a couple. And I cringe because that is a very detrimental to a marriage. Um, you know, those kids will grow up, and all of a sudden what happens is that you're sitting uh, in your house with a stranger because you really haven't continued to uh, communicate with each other, to date each other. So it's not going to hurt your kids to be left with a babysitter for a few hours. You need to go have some time together, and if you have friends that can keep Keep them overnight. Sometimes you need a night alone. That's good. Yes, that's that's actually we did have a lot of questions about when you have a family, when you have kids, you know, how do you keep your marriage a priority? And also, you know, how do you keep Jesus in the center of your family when raising, you know, children? How do you help them? to be able to have a personal relationship with Jesus? How do you model that? 
Well, we always had uh, a time uh, every day that we met together, uh, whether it be usually, uh, well, at breakfast time, that's when we would first do our uh, devotions by doing faith food. It was just a few minutes and we'd we could read, do that. We'd read one of the deals in faith food, you know, you got the, the winter, summer, spring and fall, yeah. all four of them, and but ever, ever, the, before they would go to school. But then uh, the kids were on, one was in elementary, one was in junior high, and their times were different. So we decided that the best time to get together as a family was at night. I always, even though I worked here, I always went home. We, I always cooked a meal, and we had our devotions. It was a time that we talked uh, to each and other. supper time was a time you could, you, we would sit there and talk. The kids could talk and ask questions. And then we we read the Bible. We started reading the Bible. The one-year Bible, yes. The one-year Bible. And I know for a fact that my kids have read the Bible through six different times, but six years, because I did it with them. And and so that's one of the things. And we did things together as a family. When they, <clears throat> Craig was involved in what he was, Denise she went to the games and so forth. He's in, she's in cheerleading. She's in ballet. We went, we all went to that. We, we did things to, together as a family on Friday night. We always went after they got a little older. We all, we Friday night, we would go out and go together. And then when they got to work, they had, they were teenagers and had their cars. They still hung around mom and dad till after we went to eat because we would buy long as long as they was with us we bought it if they had if they was them they had to use their allowance money and so they'd hang around then they'd take off and go with their friends somewhere so now that we're telling it all i have to tell you some funny things that happened as we were reading the bible because denise was what third grade or fourth grade and oh my goodness uh the bible is quite plain about some things and denise has always asked questions especially in the old testament and she's always asked questions and so Craig is in junior high, and so we're reading, and we're reading about circumcision. And so Denise says, what is circumcision? Craig said, shut up, Denise, just read, just read. <laughs> and then there was another time that, and you'll have to do this, Denise, I can't. Uh, there was another time that Craig was always coming to the table. He was putting his leg up, yeah, and he, and he was eating. Eat he would eat like this. Yeah, and so we were just like, you cannot do this. And and so one night he was the last one to the table, and I said, okay, guys, let's all do this and show him how stupid that he he looks. And he quit. And he quit. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to tell him. But we did things together as a family, but we kept ourselves together and one thing we never talked about anybody church members church school anything in front of the kids never ever not until they got older and when uh, but we and then when they when they both was out of the house we looked at one another and i mean we 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 hardly had any fellowship with any other any other couples while they were in, while they were, until they were teenagers, and got out on their own with their own cars, going where they wanted to go, and uh, but we we would keep it alive. I mean, 
our sometimes kids would go see Papa and Mima, and that would give us a chance to go out. They'd go over and see them. But then after they were gone, then we realized, listen, we got to do things together now. At, at, a lot of times people get empty nests and they don't know what to do. So they get another couple and they start going with other couples all the time. No, that's good if you want to do that. But hey, still have that time together. The problem that happens is they, people, they don't have that special time together. That's good. You know, um, people want to know within your family, uh, what things did you do to create a legacy? Because you, you guys have quite the legacy, uh, being married for as long as you have, being in ministry. Um, you know, you, you, you're very close to, you know, Craig and I, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Um, What did you do to create that legacy within your household that will just carry on to your children, your grandchildren, to your great-grandchildren? Well, for one thing, we... We wanted to be together, and so I know now uh, usually it's on Sunday that we eat together because that's our time to connect. The whole family, I mean. The whole family, uh, yes. The grandkids, the great-grandkids, the, the, the great-granddaughter-in-laws, uh, uh, we all go out together. And um, the other thing that we've always done is to, um, oh, I don't know exactly how to say this, but to try to stay young, try to understand um, their their lives are not, well, the only way I know to say it is not to be an old folky. So many times, you know, parents are just gripey. They don't have fun with their kids. Uh, they don't, there's... You always endeavored to live life with us, yes. not just tell us what to do. Absolutely. Yes, that's, that is really, really good. And, and so we would, um, we, we would just have fun together. We laughed together. And then we made them a part of decisions. And that is where we wanted to eat. We would each, uh, every Friday night, it's like, okay. This is Denise's time, or this is Craig's time, or this is our time to choose where we're going to eat. And so um, one time it's like uh, they, we all wanted hamburgers, and I thought, oh, this is good. We can just all agree. So when we decided to see where we were going to go, Denise said, I want McDonald's. Craig says, I want Burger King. And Pastor says, I want Whataburger. Well, you know, mother has to be the one that to negotiate all of this. And, and, you know, by this time, I didn't care where we ate. Just, you know, I just wanted to eat in peace. So all of a sudden, I realized that down Memorial, if you go down Memorial. too far from where we lived. Yeah, it was not too far from where we lived at the time. It was at 51st and Memorial. That the first place you go to was McDonald's. The next place was Burger King. At 41st was Burger King. And just past 31st was a Whataburger. Uh-huh. And so I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to the, the drive-bys, get these, and we're going to end at Whataburger. And I guess because I need to be in, uh, in agreement with my husband, I'll eat at Whataburger. And so we all ate hamburgers together. <laughs> yeah, talking about decisions, they were teenagers. Uh, and and uh, 
so that we were going to go on vacation. And I said, what do you all want to do? They wanted to do an amusement park vacation. First of all, we went out to Little Sahara and rode, rode the four-wheelers. And then I, I, uh, we went to Kansas City in the motorhome and went to Kansas City and went to Worlds of Fun. Then we went on up to, uh, what was that, up in somewhere, what was that, Kings Island. That was Island, it, I think. Then back down to St. Louis to, to uh, Six Flags and then back down to Dallas to Six Flags and back home. I think the, I think the key is taking time to spend time. Uh, I guess one of the things that all of our grandsons talk about is that the trip that uh, actually Wesley was the youngest. He was three, three. Uh, and uh, Cameron was the oldest. He, he was, was fourteen. Thir- he was thirteen. Thirteen or fourteen, and so we took them, the five grand boys, on a vacation. Just us. Wow, that was very interesting. (laughs) But they still talk about it, and they still want to do that vacation just with the five of them again. So I would like that too. (laughs) Yeah, another thing that we did, we we involved them in, in our lives in the ministry. Craig was on the road with us. He's three years old, and we all we had then was those fifty cent books, and he he could he could look at the pictures, and he would put them up there and get them on the and and if you handed him a dollar bill or a twenty dollar bill, he'd give you back two quarters. <laughs> so I had to, and a lot of times I was glad because I say, "Oh no, here here," and they say, "Oh, that's so cute. Just keep it. Just keep the change." I said, "Praise the Lord." <laughs> But we involved them in, in, in as much of the church activities as we could. Yeah. And then we got involved in their lives. I coached football, baseball, soccer, basketball. She did PTA president at the school. We, we did chaperones at, at different parties yes. that they had. Her senior year, we were an all-night party they had. We, had we, were, we were chaperones at that. So that's the way you you build, I believe, I don't know. I mean, you you make your family a part of what you're doing, and then and you be a part of what they are involved with. I always say whatever you have in priority, you will t- make time to do it. I know, and I'm not putting us in the fact, uh, you know, but most, a lot of people in our status of ministry, very busy, very busy, you know, they don't take the time to do what uh, we do. And, you know, those, those things cannot be, you can have regrets. I did not want to, to have regrets, but I, I wanted to build a legacy that the kids would always remember. That's for sure. Of course, you know, you've given us the legacy of, you know, serving God and always putting him first. But I think one of the the greatest legacies that you have left for uh, Craig and I, your grandsons and your great grandchildren is the legacy of time, of giving of yourselves endlessly and just being a part of our lives and not being selfish and just enjoying life and having fun together. And those things are priceless. You can't buy those things. Those grand boys are 10 years apart and Wesley's the last one. And so he, they all played football, basketball, and everything. 
And he went, come out of the seventh grade, then he went to eighth grade with your school ball. And I got up on that Saturday morning, Lynetta, remember? I said, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't have any ball games to go to. In fact, there was one time that with, Skyler was playing in this field, Blake was playing at this field out here in his springs, and Cameron was playing over here, and Craig can remember this because he was there. We were running between the three fields trying to make sure that we got there. And, but, and, and I went to every, every ball game that I could go to when, with I went to all of her ballet recitals, all of her cheerleading stuff. I carried them in the car. Then in seventh grade, they won the championship downtown of all of the schools as cheerleaders. And, and the, all, the, all of them always wanted to ride in, in Mr. Hagen's car because I let them scream and yell and honor and holler and decorate my old 78 Dodge van. And, 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 then, and then even all the all the football little football ball boys they like to be but be a part of their lives be involved yeah and i did everything else that i i did the ministry i taught at the school i i traveled every weekend back then i was an evangelist and i traveled every weekend and then the minute school minute graduation at rama was over uh, we were out on the road for three three months. <laughs> they were there, and they still talk about riding in the motorhome out on the road. <laughs> I think laughter, having fun. And, um, you know, I'd always heard that being a grandparent was much better than being a parent. And so I thought, well, I'm really having fun with my kids. So, man, grandparenting must be really wonderful. Well, when grandparenting came, it's like, I love, you know, I loved them. And, but it's just like, I didn't exactly had the rush that I'd heard so much about. And I thought, why God, you know, I just asked God for everything. And I said, why God, I love my grandkids. Why? He said, because you had just as much fun with your kids. Many parents don't have fun with their kids, but you had just as much fun with your kids. And now you have that same fun with the grandkids. So make sure that you have fun with your kids. Well, we appreciate you guys uh, taking the time. Our time is up. And, but we just want to thank you for being so transparent. Um, thank you. We really do value your transparency, just sharing with us. And, you know, um, I really just in hearing everything, of course, I, you know, got to live in your home. And truly, you guys enjoy each other. You have always made time for each other. Um, and I really believe you developing that emotional intimacy has kept your physical intimacy alive. Um, you did a great job at balancing everything. And, and that's why to this day, you guys enjoy being together and you've traveled down a long road through a lot of ups and downs. I've seen some of them, but a lot I didn't see. Um, and so thank you for being such a great example, not only to me and Craig and, and your grandkids, but also to the entire congregation. Your marriage and your life truly is an inspiration. So thank you so much. Thank you. Love you guys. Yes. We I, tr have I trust this helped you. And we have one special thing before we go, because ladies, we have chocolates for you and roses as we leave. But um, I wanted to do something special. So I know that there's a song that kind of depicts 
the road of life that you've walked down. It's a song by Kenny Rogers called Through the Years. And I know that's a special song to you. So, Anthony, we're just going to sing this song. If you're married out there, grab your spouse's hand and... My dad was on the platform, and Dad Tipton went up and stood by Dad. Mike Wadigan started singing a song, and as we walked up those steps, said, "We'll walk the road of life together, together day by day, day. And, and will I love you every step of the way?" I can hear that now. guys very much for sharing all of that made me cry (laughs) well uh congregation uh we hope that you go and have a wonderful uh rest of your valentine's day thank you for being here um i i do want to invite our prayer team to come down um if you need prayer for any reason our prayer team will be down here and and uh Ladies, you can come see the ladies, and men, you can come see the men. Um, Prayer for anything, salvation, um, healing, rededication, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, But we also, as you leave um, through each of the lobbies, we have the ushers there, and they're going to be handing out a box of chocolates and a rose to each of the ladies just as a thank you and a happy Valentine's Day. So as you're dismissed, Anthony is going to continue to sing this song, and maybe you can take some of that romance home with you. So God bless you guys. We will see you Sunday morning at 10 a.m.